Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Kim Stanwood Terranova, and she's written this fabulous book, The Technology of Intention, Activating the Power of the Universe Within You. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I want you to just keep saying, get the funk out. I love it. Get the funk out. (laughs) (laughs) How have you been? Have you been in a funk? Um, I have not been in a funk. I moved through my funk a while ago, and I'm doing pretty darn well. I'm very grateful to say, yes, I'm doing well. That's great. So before we get into your book, how did you move through your funk? Was there something specific you do to take care of yourself? Yes, I practice every one of these tools in this book. I live by them every day. Um, I feel that our practice, our spiritual practice, whatever we want to call it, our self-care practice is what moves us through whatever funk we are in. And I was talking to someone yesterday and she said, I've watched you for years continue to be in your practice. And I used to think you were odd because it's always been a priority. And I said, and that's okay if you think I was odd and still am, but my practice will always be my priority because when the funk comes and it does for all of us, the challenges come. They just are in different packages for each and every one of us. Right. But when they come, if I have a practice that I've been establishing for years, I've got a full bag of tools to reach into to help me through the challenge. And that's why we have a practice, not only to live life more awake, but to help us through when the funk comes. You know, and I live by that, that having a toolkit for being resilient and knowing what to do when things come your way is so important. Yes. I tell people it's like brushing your teeth. It's, some, it's a habit you do every day. Like for me, it's walking every day, early in the morning. I love that. Yes, mine is, I have a big practice and definitely touching nature is part of it. Like I say my prayers outside on the top of a massive boulder every morning as the sun rises because I want to touch the earth immediately because there's just such a vibration of healing through it. And then it's meditation and prayer and and more intention work to keep everything going. And then all through the day, now it pops up before I come in to see you, wherever I'm at, what's my intention and where am I at? So let's jump into your book. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, checking out your book and for people that are thinking, what does it mean that I have the power within me? The power is within you. What does that mean? It means that each and every one of us have direct access to the power that resides because we're connected to the ultimate power, whether we call it spirit, the universal force, energy, God, whatever we name it, each of us are connected to it. That being unlimited, we have direct access to it. I believe that's our own spiritual technology within us. And if it gets clouded by this journey, we get very clouded by the journey and forget that we do have tools like you and I are discussing to reach into, to tap into that power. But they're always there. But if we forget to activate them, then the power can be present, electricity can be present, but we've got to flip the switch. Yes. It's the same within. We have to open the door of our soul and think, wait a second, what is within me to help me move through this? and really become seekers of that inner strength so that nothing is too big. And that is the power within. It's not without. We're we're in a field of consciousness right now at times that we're looking out at our screens. Everything's out versus let me go in because that's truly where my inner technology is, which is more massive than anything outside of us. I want to share something with you because everything you're saying uh, relates to me and I believe in it so much. 
um, I lost my dad several years ago, but before he um, passed away, he had cancer. I tapped into my love of writing enormously. And then when he passed away, I remember writing his eulogy and thinking, well, he was funny. I'm going to make this funny and touching. And I came home and I got literally got off the plane. I typed it up and submitted it to the New York Times mm. and it's still online. And I, I said to myself, whoa, if this is not a wake up call that you need to really write, that you've yes. been suppressing this creativity and this passion. And I was like ignited. Yes. And that's the power of the universe in the center of you. And it appeared to come, it was sparked through loss yeah. and an ache of someone you love, but the power still resides written within you. Your willingness to listen to it, which listening is a huge tool, like really listening to our soul. And then you acted on it. That's fulfilled intention right there. There's a, whether it was a spoken intention of to heal through this, to honor my father, whatever it was, mm -hmm. sparked the desire that spirit planted the seed of insight within you. You caught it, but your activation to propel it forward brings you freedom. Yes. That's a perfect example of it's always working. It's like even in the most challenging times when we're on our knees in such grief, something is still being downloaded if we could catch it through our tears. And I feel like when something comes to you, you should act on it because it won't always be there. Mm -hmm. Correct. I agree with you. And lots of times when there are inspirational ideas of creation, I've watched spirit plop something down, like put a seed inside of me. And then if I went, oh, I'll do that later. And then a year or two later, I see it birthed somewhere else. And I'm thinking, oh, yes. right? <laughs> yes. It's still going to happen. The yes. seeds are still falling. It's where's the fertile soil? Is my soil fertile to, to then activate that? Is yours for, and if it isn't, spirit still says, I want this out there. Who's yes. going to You know, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote about this mm -hmm. in a, a book about creativity, how, you know, she had this idea and she let it go and she met with this other writer and she says, what are you working on? And the woman described the exact book that she was, had written. <laughs> yes. And that happens to all of us. It's and crazy. so it's, it's discernment. It's like, what am I listening to? And yeah. where am I to put my attention at? Because wherever our attention goes, more energy is going to come. So it would, spirit supports us with those big ideas. We just get to keep saying yes. So could you talk about intention versus expectation? Absolutely. Um, Intention is a propelling force that we're putting out into the universal field of what we desire. So an intention is a statement, but it absolutely is energy that's going out into the universe. So my intention is to be present with you today, to connect with you today. That's my intention. I don't have to figure out how. I get to let go and trust. Now, expectation is very much, and there's different expectations, so I want to be really clear the one I'm talking about is the one when we look outside of ourselves, not inside, when we look outside of ourselves for something to be a certain way, a person, a place has to be a certain way for us to be happy. If, if everything works out just right when I walk into the room, then it'll be a good day versus, no, I'm walking in with the intention to bring in the goodness. There's a difference, but our expectation when it's outside of us leads to disappointment. So we don't know that we're unconsciously repeating patterns of disappointment because if we say, mm, my boss is nice to me today and says yes on this project, this will be a good day. That's a hidden expectation that leads directly to disappointment. 
Versus if I look at someone and say the fastest way out of disappointment, the fastest way out of expectation is to ask before you walk into the meeting, what's your intention? And then mm. they could think of, oh, my intention is to present this idea in a powerful manner and be open for unlimited possibilities. Then they're in creation, activating the power within, not in expectation that somebody has to do something for them to be fulfilled. It's, it's, we have to look at that everywhere in the world. Where am I expecting a text to come back just in the time I think it should come back? Expectation. Right. You know, it, so it's a, it hooks us and we have an ability to see it and then choose differently. Right. And your thoughts, what are your thoughts on, you know, your title, the technology of intention? We are so hooked to technology. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important. And that's why Spirit downloaded that when I was asked, what's your, what's your title? And I went within and listened, and that's what was said to me. And it's because when we are looking outside at our screens all day long, we're looking to technology again to give us directions, to call the restaurant, to do whatever we wish. When we go within and realize, whoa, I have an inner technology. There is something within me that is a technology, meaning there's a path to it. There's a science to it within ourselves. It's just not a science that... um, it has been written about for thousands of years. It's can we keep articulating that science of the power of the universe within us in a way that the masses can hear it so we could all individually activate our own inner technology instead of always looking at screens. Doesn't mean we won't look at screens. Right. It means let's do both. Let's stay balanced. Let me come within, tap into my own inner strength instead of just looking at a screen to give it to me. I want to do both so we're living in a balanced society. Right now it's out of balance because we keep looking outside. What does the screen tell us? What does the news tell us? What does Twitter tell us? Versus oh, I know. What do I know within before I look at that? That means we're consciously observing something instead of getting hooked by it. Huge difference. I also feel like people are out of touch with how technology has impacted us negatively. We're so addicted. We don't know how to be present. Mm-hmm. It's, it's such an addiction. We're constantly looking at our phones. I'm guilty of it too. Mm-hmm. But then I don't, I don't feel good about it. I don't want to know the latest updates and the statistics. I, I want to just put it down, right. go for my walk, br- smell the fresh air, you know, yes. think about something else. Yes. And that, that's where our practice comes into play. Because we can know we're addicted to it because it's given us so many blessings. Right. But when we topple over the side and go, oh, now I'm relying on it and I'm basing my life on it, we have to become conscious and make choices. Like, what honors me? Would it be that my phone goes put to the side at a certain time of the day? Or I have clients that say to me, I'm not going to look at my phone or my computer until I wake up, do all my practices, and then I'll look at it. Well, that's an act of self-care. We have to- We have to like put program that in that we know. So we add intention. My intention is to be present to this and to be present in all my conversations. If that's an intention, we're not going to bring our phones to the dinner table. They're going to be staying, you know, somewhere else in the other room so we can be present to who's in front of us. And I feel like when you do take that break from technology, you can tap into what's going on inside of your mind, your creative ideas as you say, your intentions, yes, things come to us. Absolutely. But we have to, we have to create the space to catch them. And, and we're, I don't, I know that it's changing. Thank goodness. We're society's beginning to support 
how often do you get to meditate? Where do you get to be still and listen to that inner voice so those things can come to us? Because they're trying to come to us all the time. We're just looking at somewhere else. Right. So how about um, we go into the three power pillars? How did you come up with that? Um, I noticed that over years, people would always ask me, could you write me an intention for this? Could you write me an intention for that? Because it's been a good portion of my life that they just come through me, that they're not mine. I could just close my eyes and someone could say, I need an intention for this and it comes through. When I started to know that this is important, that there's a key to it so people can know, oh, if I do these three steps, that's going to be a really powerful intention. There's many paths, but these three power pillars are a really good framework. So the first one is they're always, always in the present moment. We don't say my intention is that tomorrow I'll wake up happy. That's in the future. Our power resides in the present moment. Everything does. We can't breathe the breath of yesterday or the one of tomorrow. We could do this one. So we create in the present. So they're always based in the present. The second is they're always with positive language. We wouldn't say my intention is to not eat that chocolate cake because that would be the not that we don't want. So they must be in the you know, positive languaging. And the third, and this is where people get to really grow in when I, when I discuss this, is they're based in qualities. So it's the quality of, I'd look at somebody who wanted that chocolate cake and I'd say, what, is, what do you want to feel? And they'd say, I want to feel, you know, feel good and then have and take wonderful food in my body that nourishes my body. Those are qualities. So my intention is to make choices that honor my body temple in all ways. Then you may look at the chocolate cake and have one bite and then put it down. Who knows? And go eat a but, salad. Exactly. <laughs> but it's, they're not based in outcomes. You know, right. it's all on qualities. The qualities that you wish to experience in life can still be aimed in an outcome. If someone wants to double their income, I'll say, then how about an intention for financial overflow and financial abundance that all your needs are met? Then spirit can bring even more than double your income. See, when we base it on a specific outcome, we limit spirit and we don't even know it. I want to interrupt for a second. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Kim Stanwood Terranova about her book, The Technology of Intention. Um, tell me a little about, about your backstory, how you got to where you are now. Mm. I, you know, when I reflect back, I realized that as a young child, odd things were occurring to me that I couldn't quite name and I didn't quite have anyone to talk to about it. And there were all these kind of wake-up moments that things would occur. So what happened is I became a seeker of wanting to understand universal principles, what is really going on, how can we move and shift energy, became very interesting to me, but I had no one to discuss it with. So then that led to a sadness. So by the time I was graduating from high school, there was a depth of sadness of, I don't understand what's going on. I believe I could create my reality, but nobody else is talking to me about this. I don't know where to go. And in that sadness, I was pulled to a spiritual center in the Bay Area in California, where all of a sudden there's a mass of people talking about this that just lifted me. And from that moment onward, I jumped deep into spiritual study and studied every book I could and every teacher, which soon led me to Los Angeles. And then I started again and thought, okay, who's going to be, who am I going to study with here? And bumped around at different um, science of mind churches and ended up with Michael Bernard Beckwith and have been studying with him for my entire adult life. And 
the expansiveness that came from that was huge because then the tools I had direct access to how to use them. I was being taught, let's, you know, practice this, then take on this, then take on this. And I started to see my life change. And from that point onward, I never, ever, ever wanted to get off the train of the pain led me to the insight that there was something better. Mm. And then I had to follow what is my participation to live that something? Because the information was there when I found it. Then I had to really be um, honoring of myself and knowing even when it's not comfortable, I'm still practicing this. I'm still going to go to another class. I'm still going to pick up a reading when I wake up to try to remember who I am. And I'm still going to live a life of intention and watch where my life is unfolding and adjust when something occurs that isn't in the direction that I want and go deeper on my path. But I made a big commitment that I'm going to grow no matter what, because I'm here. I've got a body. I want to grow. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, So yes, I'm really, I'm very grateful for the pain that led me to the insight. And then that's happened in my adult life over and over again, that I've been experienced great challenges, but I've had a a tool bag to go, okay, now I got it. Now I've got to activate this. Right. Because this one's big. And it keeps you optimistic. That you will work through this and there'll be meaning from this experience, but you're going to get through this. Always. Yeah. Always, always. There's nothing too big. And I have massive compassion when we're in the depths of it, that it feels too big. And I wouldn't say that to someone when they're in of it. I'd say to them, I'm sitting right here with you and I'm going to hold the truth that you're going to get through this until you remember again. So I'm going to ask you something related to COVID because I don't know if you know someone who has been sick or you've lost somebody, but for somebody listening who's thinking, I mean, I know so many people run the gamut that they had COVID, they have it, they have cancer. What would you say to them right now to stay strong, stay positive? I would, I would ask them to go within to their inner chamber and really lean into that inner power of light and truth of whatever they're connected to. We're all, you know, whether they believe it's the spirit, God, the universe, but to go within and connect to the power within them to heal, to compassionately hold themselves tenderly. We can't jump straight to fixing anything until we hold ourselves tenderly and deal with the weight of the sadness that's occurring right now. And while we hold ourselves tenderly, we can simultaneously have an intention, have a prayer to to know more beyond the circumstances, to hold our loved ones and know the truth for them while they're in the midst of their challenges. So that there's the light is still shining even in the darkness. We must go within and allow that light to get brighter and brighter and brighter even every day and stand in the darkness and keep shining. I'm not referring, I don't think this is easy. I'm not saying it's easy work. No, I know. It's necessary. It's so necessary for us. But to do it tenderly, that we have to hold each other and know there's some days it's too much. And we just think this is too much. And then reach out to someone who could hold you too, you know, tenderly until you could remember again, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to go back and practice again. I have many clients that are in the midst of this right now and family. And my charge is to be with them. And I'm, sending them prayers, speaking prayers, intentions, clarity, and listening to them in the midst of it. So it's what we call that I'm holding vigil for them. 
so that when they're in the midst of that, I could be right here and hold them in possibility that I know we're going to get through this and I'm going to love you straight through the core of it. We have to do it together. I think that's the thing. People want to know that they're being heard and they want to yeah. feel loved and connecting with somebody. Yes. Because we're so that's, remote. Yes. And, and here's where technology is our blessing. Yeah. We get to connect while we're remote. I'm in the middle of the mountains by myself for months. You know, and I have this ability to connect with people through technology so we can have tender holding of one another in a different way. So there again is the balance. Yes. It, you know, we may not be able to run over to their house and hold them. And at the same time, we could hold them in consciousness. It's not all by physical structure. We must hold each other that we could transport our energy and our prayers to a hospital room, to someone across the world and say to them, I'm right here with you. And I'm not leaving your side. I'm not leaving your side. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very challenging time. I have a stepmom in Florida and she's all alone. And I think, oh, when is it going to be safe to go see her? And, you know, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's so hard for a lot of people in so many ways. Yes, it absolutely is. How do you feel that you're called the chiropractor of the mind? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm actually good with it because okay. it's, I've had that title for a while. And I think when I, years ago, when I looked at um, the group of people who were saying this, I said, where are you coming from? And they said, because you adjust our languaging and our words gently and lovingly where yeah. we don't even know. So they said, it's like an adjustment. And then we go, oh. Oh, I didn't even realize I was using that languaging and I do it with love yes. so that, so that then once someone could remember, wow, I've been creating my reality using this languaging and you just assisted me to see that so I could choose again. So I like the title for that reason. <laughs> yes. And could you ever imagine that your forward would have been written by Reverend Michael Beckwith? Um, I, I could, and I'm grateful. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me weepy, but I, I could because that in itself was fulfilled intention. Mm -hmm. You know, it was when, when, when I got the call that you, it's time to write this. He was right there saying, when, how's that book going? When, when are you going to be, then what's going on with that book? And so when it was near and I said, so Rev, how do you feel about writing the forward? He goes, well, who else would write? Of course I'm writing it. Just tell me when you need it by. That's and great. it was so much fun to read it. It was like, oh, oh my gosh, this is so good that I got giddy just reading the forward. Yes, I'm very eternally grateful and blessed that I get to, to walk and you know, teach next to him and be one of his teachers. It's an, it's an honor beyond measure. That's amazing. What else would you like people to know about the book? I would like them to know that it is a, my intention is to offer up easy access. And I've been told it absolutely is easy to read for individuals to grasp ideas quickly and implement them with ease in their lives. So that there's areas in there to write in it. There's areas that it's explained. You know, people said, Kim, it's like you're sitting right next to me talking. I said, good, I'm glad it is. Because I want it to be received in an area of, oh, I can do this that it inspires them into action to create their lives. And I've been told that's what it's doing. So I, I'm grateful to spirit. Fantastic. So we have to wrap up, but where can people find out more about you and your book? They could go to Amazon and order the book right now. 
as well as you go to my website, kimstanwithterranova.com. Um, please sign up to follow me because I have all sorts of promos coming out where I'm speaking and different opportunities for things that I'm doing, as well as any of my social media platforms. I would love to connect. Fantastic. Kim, thank you so much for taking the time. To thank you. Me. I'm so honored to be with you. Thank you for all that you are bringing to the planet. I'm very grateful to you. Thank, thank you. you. And I look forward to meeting you in person sometime. Yes. I, I just say yes to that. We will okay. do it. We will connect face to face. I would love hug that. To hug. All right. Okay. Have a beautiful day. You too.